thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up for a Chat with Cindy O'Mara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up for a Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you, inspiring you to awaken the change within. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. You're back! You're (laughs) back! You're such a tart! And I'm Cindy (laughs) O'Meara. I'm back! (laughs) So before this... Before the podcast, the rock star here saying, come on, let's do a podcast on coming back together and we've had our break, we had a lovely break over Christmas, let's just chat, you know, let's just talk about where we've been and what we've been doing. Kim and I look at each other and go, yeah, no, we've, we've been, been working. working. <laughs> so in actual point of fact, this podcast is about Cindy's break and the lovely time that she's been having uh-uh. as a rock star. <laughs> I just want you to know that this is the first time I've ever taken four weeks off. Yeah, oh, and I on. took it off Facebook. I, like you I did, would, hey? Yeah, you were off everything. I didn't. And if anybody saw Changing Habits, that was my um, team moderators. Yeah, my all my moderators and everyone doing Changing Habits for me. Um, I would occasionally look through Facebook and do a like here or there or make a few comments, but I probably went on Facebook once a week, maybe once every couple of weeks. So I've had. Um, four weeks of of just being with my family, Aww. yeah, and even like I haven't seen you, Karen. No, I feel like I haven't seen you for a year, no, and I haven't long. seen him either. Oh, no. I can see the pain in your face. <laughs> see, listeners, Kim time. and Cindy are like besties. <laughs> Every time I'd ring the her, she'd pain. say, "I'm sorry, I'm going away again." I go, oh, "It's okay." <gasps> it's okay. Well, what about next weekend? Oh, I'm sorry, I'll be away too. Um, <laughs> Go, oh, okay, don't worry. No, I'm really busy anyway. It's okay. <laughs> I think she's having a dig. You know what? I hadn't seen anyone. No. I haven't seen so anyone. what did you do? What did you, what, like, what? Well, you know, I had um, Casey come home and Franz come home. And so in my house, I have seven adults living for four weeks. So all the kids were home, but they're all adults, of course. Um, and You must have loved I that. did. I, I was like, you know, um, it's it's like... Your friends have come home, your really good friends have come home and you've only got a short amount of time with them and so you spend as much time as you can. Like, I wouldn't do anything until Casey went. I just decided that I wasn't going to do anything. Not All my children are equal, but it's just that she's the furthest away mm. and so I just kind of mm. enjoyed mm. them. Howie and Danny would get together for a run. I'd go, oh, is Cindy going to come? And Danny and I would look at each other and go, Casey's home. <laughs> ah. mm. Mm. <laughs> it's okay. So for me, it's just been... Um, and I really needed it. I realised after how many years I've been doing this that I just needed to be away. Mm. And you know what? I was ready to come back. And then I came back and it was like um, just so much to do. But anyway, it'll happen and I'm just going to relax about it and just go, well, I can only do what I can do. I have a list a mile long. Um, so, And tomorrow I have a huge meeting um, coming up um, where we're creating a new program in Changing Habits, an education program. Oh, awesome. So, you know... Only the up for chat people will ever know this because we probably won't announce it to the world until you just did. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it won't be June. It'll be June, July, maybe Can't even wait. August. Yeah, it'll be Ooh, really good. How exciting. Yeah, so that's starting. Um, and yeah, the one thing I did do that I just, you know what, I I really got a lot out of it, and I will go again next year. And I went to a festival, and it was called the Uplift Festival in Byron Bay. And what I loved about it was. 
the the first morning that so it was a four day um, event, and the very first morning, all the speakers got up on the stage, and we gave an intention of what this was all about. What was the Uplift Festival going to be about? And so up on the stage were, and I don't remember everybody's name, but up on the stage were people's like um, Ibn Alexander, um, Anita Morjani, Bruce, Dr. Bruce Lipton, um, all these sages out of India. I just, I, just I, I was in awe that I was there. And you know what was really funny? One of the people who wasn't up on the stage was sitting next to me and he was one of the speakers that I knew and he was like my rock star, you know, like... If, if you can imagine that you love a music rock star and to be sitting beside them, you just get all nervous and, yeah, and tongue-tied. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was sitting beside me, Jeffrey Smith, who, who wrote the book Genetic Roulette, I think it was, or he, he writes about um, genetic modification. And I, I think I text you, didn't you I? Did. <gasps> You're not going to believe who's beside me. Oh, and I don't know who it was. <laughs> who's so, that? Was going, oh, my God, that's so exciting. Oh, my God. Who is it? <laughs> But you know the most exciting thing is that he was just walking around the festival by himself and so I just kind of cruised up to him and just she attached him. And I just said to him um, that I really appreciated all the work he did on genetic modification and that I'd read all his work and listened to his podcasts and could I have a photo? <laughs> you finally got a photo. I did it, Kim. I'm so impressed. I did it. I Because Kim always says, did you get a photo? I go, oh, no, I forgot. Oh, you know? love. Yeah, I forgot. Instagram it. But I went to listen to him and to Bruce Lipton. They were my absolute people that I went to listen to. But who surprised me was a lady by the name of Anita Morjani. And, of course, these girls have got the book. Yeah, <laughs> It was our gift. I bought them a book each. We um, bought her wasabi. She bought she us a book. book. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I know. You did buy me wasabi. Um, she knows she has to pay for it. Oh, she, you have to pay for your wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to pay for your books. They're my gift. Oh, oh. Okay. okay. But then I didn't give you a Christmas present, so it's your Christmas present. Oh, it was my Christmas present. There you present. go. Okay, fair enough. Cool. <laughs> Need no, your no. Christmas present. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, goody, goody. <laughs> so I'll pay for the wasabi. Anyway, Anir Majani, um, I was mesmerized by her. She spoke for an hour and a half, and in, in a way I felt like she was holding court. There was probably 500 people in the room, and she was holding court. And, and this is a woman that lived in fear. Of, of everything. She lived in fear of cancer. She lived in fear of not being good enough. She lived in fear of letting everybody down. Her whole life was Doesn't about this. Doesn't that sound like a human race? It does. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And, and that's why I think she really um, was somebody that everybody could relate to. Mm. But Anita, um, she was born an Indian in Hong Kong. It's so Indian parents living in Hong Kong, Hindu religion, went to a British school. She never felt that she fitted in at mm-hmm. ever any stage in her life. And her parents decided to um, do an arranged marriage. And with this arranged marriage, she decided two days before the marriage she wasn't going to do it. So she ran away and disappointed her father forever, basically. And her mm-hmm. father died disappointed in her, and she knew that. And anyway, she, her father said, you will never marry an Indian, you'll never marry a Hindu, you, you've disgraced our family. And, and in the end, she does marry a beautiful man by the name of Danny, and he is an Indian. And then they get married and she gets cancer. 
But her father has passed away, and so has one of her girlfriends passed away from cancer. And so when she gets cancer, and she gets, um, I think it's lymphoma or I can't remember the exact cancer, but a pretty radical cancer, one that will travel fast. And she she basically um, four years fights it and then um, goes into a coma. And she's in the hospital, and the doctors are saying all her organs have shut down. Um She's on her last legs. This is end-of-life care. Um, you better tell everybody to come. It's end-of-life care, and she won't live through the night. She stays in a coma for 30 hours and then wakes at the end of 30 hours. But what happens in that 30 hours is that she can relate relay everything that happened to her from the time she went into the coma, what doctors greeted her at the hospital, what nurses looked after her. She can relate everything to them, what happened to her in that 30 hours, even though she was in a coma. She also says that she feels this amazing love because she's left her body basically and she can feel this amazing love. And she speaks, but she says not actually speaks, but she actually... Um, is with her father and her, her her friend that has died. And she also sees her life. She sees her life from the beginning to the end, her before lives and her future lives. And she says it's like a tapestry. And she says she's just this tiny thread in this tapestry. And she realises that if her thread in that tapestry is not in there, then the tapestry wouldn't be complete. Oh, wow. And she realises the importance of her life. No matter how small that thread is, she realises the importance of her life. But one of the things her father says to her, um, without saying it, it's really funny the way she says it in her book, is that he says, your time is not up. You must go back. You have things to teach. And she wakes up uh, and she slowly starts to tell everybody what's been happening to her in that 30-hour period. In five weeks, she leaves the hospital tumour cancer free wow in five weeks in five weeks she walks out of the hospital without a tumour without any cancer they it did says tests. here upon her regaining consciousness Anita found out that her condition had improved so rapidly that she was released from hospital within weeks was that the five, five weeks yeah. without a trace of cancer in her body without a trace of cancer in her body and do they have any um are they ascribing that to anything in particular? No, they have no just idea. Just a mystery. It was just a mystery. And and what was interesting is that they kept doing tests. They gave her chemo in the first week. Mm. And she said, I don't want it anymore. I know I'll be fine. They And they kept testing her and the tumours kept getting smaller and smaller. And there are people that travel to Hong Kong to see the miracle of what happened and to look at all of her records because it's all, it's all recorded. But what's interesting is that she started to write herself about it and people would ask her to talk about her story. And um, one day she was uh, did a, a radio interview and somebody heard it, gave it to Wayne Dyer. Wayne Dyer heard it. Wayne Dyer rang Hay House and said, you need to get this girl to write a book. So this book has only been out since 2012 and that happened to her in 2006. Or 2013, sorry, I think it's 2013. I'm pretty sure it's 2013. So the book's only just come out. But what's interesting is this, is that she learnt lessons. And for me, they were huge. Because one of the lessons she learned is that she said to live your life fearlessly. Mm. Because, and you know when she said it, I went, I live my life fearlessly. But you know what, since I, I've heard her say that, I actually look at all the things that I actually fear. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, Casey took me out in huge waves in the surf. 
And I, I got halfway out and I said, honey, I've got to turn back. I can't do this. This is, this is frightening to me. So I was in fear. But she went out, you know, Casey and Tanya are out there and surfing these things. And, and yes, I, um, we do fear. I had a chance to um, fly in a plane and it was called a, a something baby. And it was an open cockpit plane. Mm, like a tiger moth. Like type. a tiger moth, but not the second one on top. You are basically, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, you're just out there. And I said to the guy, I said, because I wasn't going up. I was the last one to go up and there were seven before me. And I kept going, no, I'm okay. <laughs> and then I kept hearing Anita, live your life fearlessly. Oh, gosh, all right, I'll live my life fearlessly. <laughs> so I get up and I say to the pilot, I said, I just want a joy flight. None of that acrobatic stuff. I don't want any of that. Just a joy flight. So he gets, what is so funny is he gets up there and he just does these tiny little turns. <laughs> and I'm just looking down and I'm loving every minute. But thinking to myself, this is a little bit boring. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? But he's doing the turn and he gets greater on the turn. Then he starts on the acrobats. <laughs> oh. And he is, I'm like suspended. Like I have no weight left. And. And, and I had to close my eyes at one point because I had no idea which was up and which was down. And I was like, going, oh, my gosh, what's he done? And then, you know, he got down on the ground. And he said, you look so cool and calm through the whole thing. You didn't look like you were. And I, I kept saying, live fearlessly, live fearlessly, live fearlessly. Oh, and ask for the toilet and a clean pair of pants when she got home. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but, you know, um, that was the one thing that I've really, every single day of my life since I've heard her, I look at what I'm fearful of, mm. and it's amazing. You don't realise. What are you scared of, Kaz? Me. Mm. Being blown up in Bali? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you? No, actually, no. Just, yeah, you no. don't have no. fear anymore. No. Somebody made a comment to me, actually, over the Christmas break. We were, um, what were we doing? We were in the swimming pool, and the creepy crawly thing, they didn't like the creepy crawly thing. It was a, one of my girlfriend's friends. And the hose had come off the creepy crawly and the thing's just thumping in the water. <laughs> and the hose is thumping in the water and the creepy crawly's got this big, you know, spidery type base on it. And we had to put the hose back into the creepy crawly so that it didn't, you know, suck air or do whatever it does. Anyway, and my girlfriend's going, Karen, you have to do it, you have to do it, you have to do it. I said, no, you, you're standing right there, you just do it. No, I'm scared of it, I don't like it, I don't like it. And I said, what's wrong with you? It's a piece of plastic. Yes, it's thumping in the water like, you know, something nasty, but just just do it. She said, no, 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 come on, you can do it. You've been blown up, you can do it. <laughs> How funny. Too funny, too funny. And actually, after that conversation. I wanted to remember that line. Next time we Next want her to time. remove a spider yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on a minute, you've been blowing up. Oh. That snake or that spider. <laughs> yeah, no, forget about it. Yeah, <laughs> Snakes and spiders, forget about it. But people do live their life in fear. They're paralysed by fear. Totally. And she was paralysed by fear. She you think realized... we all are to a degree? Totally. Totally. And mm. that's why she came back. She believes that she has to teach people to live fearlessly. That was I one of the lessons. I thought about it. Neither have I until she said it, and that was one of her her lessons was to live fearlessly and how many of us do live in fear of losing our money or not making enough money or um or having a child hurt or sick or you know we're always living in some sort of fear and she said what happened to her is that everything she did was out of fear rather than out of this is what I want to do and I'm going to do it out of joy and that's what I feel like doing or purpose Mm. and she even did everything for a cancer treatment out of fear not out of, okay, this is the way I'm going to live my life. 
And and she believes that so many so many of us live in fear. But she said, if you realise what we are capable of and what is there um, after death, and even what this life is all about, that you will live your life without fear and 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 do things. You know, we're going to be. Um, talking in the next couple of weeks to the beautiful Shani and Julius. And I actually believe that they live their life fearlessly. Mm-hmm. You know, they take leaps of faith and they do things. And um, and I implore everybody to listen to that mm-hmm. session that we do with them because I know it's going to be an amazing one. But, yeah, that's one thing I think is if we live fearlessly, we don't procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Because you procrastinate because you think, well, what if this happens? What if that happens? What, what if I can't do this? What, what, you know, what if a giant monster eats me up before I even finish? You know, <laughs> It's just crazy, isn't it? Mm, what it, if we fail? What, what if, if we it, fail? You know, that's a fear of failure. We won't do that because I'm going to fail. Do you have a fear, Kimmy? You know, do you have any fear? Um, I think Other than snakes, spiders and the usual things yeah. that every human being should fear. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't have that, we've now planted it because with a hypnotic thing in behind in the back of this, so now you will. I think some fear is good. Like, I think, you know, don't jump yeah. off a cliff. Yeah, well, discernment. D- yeah, discernment. Yeah, but, well, that's what I was going to say, because while we were away, we are on Stradbroke Island, and oh, my son, yeah, the fires were there, although we were in a pocket and a bubble, and you wouldn't have even known these bushfires were happening. Oh, wow. So I wasn't frightened of that, because I didn't see any of it. I heard about it, and I saw hundreds of firefighters arriving, and I just kept thinking... First of all, hunks. But secondly, um, <laughs> bring the fire closer. <laughs> yeah. But more importantly, I just really honoured and admired these people for what they were doing. I didn't see any of the drama, so I had no connection to it. But what was interesting, my girlfriend Sarah and I, she's got a boy the same age as Jacob, they wanted to jump off the rocks, off the cliffs, into the thing. And into I, the thing, into the into water. the monster pit, <laughs> into the ocean, the monster pit. These kids are all climbing up the rock face, yeah. and then they jump. Now I look at my son doing that, and I have, I think, a typical mother reaction of, right? I, I don't really want him doing it, if I was really honest. But then I go in my head, why? Everyone else is doing it. They're all jumping off. Why not? So I just let it go. Mm. And I trust, and this is the talk that I have in my head whenever things like this happen, if my son was to be injured doing that, then that was meant to be. And I know that sounds terrible, but I just have to say to myself, if it's meant to be, it'll be. And if not, it won't be. Like, I I just have to rationalise it. Whereas Sarah went into, Benjamin, I don't want you doing that. I don't want you doing, I don't want you going off the road. She actually, like when I really looked at it, she was quite fearful, which then made me a bit more fearful. But I didn't say anything because I thought, well, she's been fearful for the two of us. So I don't have to be fearful. So, and in a way, her putting her foot down with Benjamin not jumping off the cliff kind of took me off the hook. Oh, sorry, I'd let you, but Sarah won't. Um, <laughs> but, um, but anyway, they were doing it. And I just watched the way the two of us were mothering in that moment. Mm. And I did didn't have the same fears Sarah did because I figured if, if maybe if no other kid was doing it and I couldn't see anyone else jumping off the cliff, I probably would have said no. But the fact that there were kids jumping left, right and centre, I kind of figured they must know. But the terrible part where we were standing on the beach, you would see them jump, then you couldn't see them hit the water. So it actually looked like they were jumping onto rocks. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it made it even a little bit... And so mm. I started doing my thing of cares, of perception. You know, like, what is our perception of this? My perception is he's going to jump right into rocks. And so I was doing this whole conversation around my fear of him jumping off a cliff. And you know what? 
those two had the time of their lives, <laughs> giggling, laughing. They'd get off and they'd go, let's do it again. And I was watching these two free-spirited boys living the dream, doing what boys do. And it brought up, so it's interesting we're talking about fear because it really, I didn't even discuss it with anyone else. And then I said to Danny, this is your job. This is a boy job. Is he okay jumping off the cliff? And Dan's going, yeah. And so the minute he did that, yeah, it's fine. My only concern is that teenage boys often don't have that fear. Yeah, fearless. Yeah. Because how's this? On the news yesterday morning, a young teenage boy died <gasps> jumping off cliff, off, off river, off... Um, oh, it was one of Casey's friends. Was it? Mm. I heard on the news, and it mm. took me back to Stradbrook Island going, oh my gosh. I'm pretty sure that if this is the 22-year-old? Northern New South Wales, it yeah. happened. Yeah. Jumped off a cliff and went into the water and never came up and they found him hours later. Oh, sadly, he passed away. Yeah. So I think he was a Sunshine Coast boy. Um, well, he worked at Raw Energy. At least oh, that's okay. what I'd heard. Yeah. Okay. Well, so, so sad. I know. But a part of me thought, you see, that's every mother's parents' mm. fear mm. is to have that news. So do we stop everyone jumping off cliffs because of that fear of? I'm standing here and I don't know the parents of that boy and if it was my boy I'd be like devastated of course so I'm not trying to say that it's it's right or wrong to have those fears but I'm just I'm interested to know from your perspective healthy fear as opposed to everyday um, living yeah I think there is a healthy fear of you know don't cross the road when a truck's coming at 120 kilometers you know for you there, there is that healthy fear but what we're talking about is that people are paralysed by fear of what if rather than, you know, doing what they need to do. And, like, you know, I know somebody especially, she's in totally fearful of what's happening to her life next because it's all new to her. And that fear paralyzes and scares and you analyse and you go through all of it. And Anita basically says... Live a fearless life. Don't be afraid of dying. Don't be afraid of cancer. Don't be afraid of heart disease. Don't do things out of fear. Do things because it brings you joy. And this is what you want to do. Or it makes you feel good. Such as, you know, a lot of people may do a diet because they're fearful of cancer and so they won't eat that. And she actually really calmed me down about things because, you know, I'm always talking about chemicals and I'm talking about food additives and I'm talking about this and I'm talking about that. And, and while she said... You know, these are all important. Don't be fearful of them. Mm. You know, don't have this this fear about genetic modification. Don't, you know, don't use it. But don't have... We seem to fear so much. Well, it's a bit like consuming. It, it does. becomes all-consuming. And, and that's I put a post says. on Facebook the other day. I was rushing Danny down to the airport, and I didn't want to buy any garbage food on the way down, and it was 6.30 in the morning. And he's going, we're going to leave in two minutes. And my husband really does leave in two minutes. Yes. <laughs> And I've gone two minutes. What can I make healthy in two minutes? So I got out a, a can of coconut milk, two tablespoons of chia seeds, frozen raspberries, mixed it all together, got my spoon and jumped in the car. And I knew within 10, 15 minutes the raspberries would have defrosted, the chia seeds would have soaked in, and I'd have a nice, cold, healthy breakfast. Oh, and I took a handful of almonds and cashews to chuck on the top. So I put that up on Facebook. This is a quick on-the-go breakfast, and everyone was going, oh, thanks, oh, yeah, and they all had modifications and all that sort of thing. And one lady put a post up and said, so do you drink canned foods or do you eat canned foods? Um, There's a lot of lead um, in canned food. And I thought about that, and I sat there, and I thought, God, you know what? I didn't even think lead 
when I opened that can of coconut milk, I was wrapped that the Iams can of coconut milk that I use has got absolutely no chemicals or additives. I hadn't even given it a thought to the lead. But it brought up the thing, and I went back and I said, look, to be honest with you... Just, just one sec about the lead. I thought cans were made from aluminium. Well, then, and I thought it was more harmful that that coating. I that thought they put the on plastic the coating would be more the problem. There's no yeah, lead in. Well, she was talking about lead, and so I kind of sat there and I said to her, I went back saying, look, I need to research this, but Me too. I'm more fearful. <laughs> Cindy's onto it. I would, I'm onto it. I would be more concerned about the lead in lipsticks yeah. and, and the yeah. lead in makeup. And Here things. we go. Yeah. So, so right. Or the mercury in fish. Yeah. <laughs> but exactly. Yeah. And my point is, and I and I went back. My answer is, and it's on Facebook or Instagram, whichever one I answered it on was. I totally believe that what I did was the best healthy meal I could grab within two minutes to be on the road that I wouldn't buy crap and I wouldn't spend money um, without mm. having to spend a fortune getting something I wanted. I went in with that intention and I believe my body's healthy enough to assimilate and eliminate any traces of lead because of how well I treat it. You know, that's how I feel. Mm. So the same thing is around like, okay, so we might, I still love janola. I love the smell of janola. Highly chemical. Hardly use it. What's but it's janola. janola? Oh, what is Janola? You know, like um, Janola. What's Janola? White King? You call it here, isn't it? Oh, White King. Bleach. 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 I love the smell of it. Oh right? my gosh! Yeah, it must be a Are you thing. serious? Yeah, but every now and again, I'll just put it down the drain hole just so I can smell it. Mind you, I do love the smell of petrol and glue. Same. Oh, See, hello. now these are better. Now I reckon there's more harm snorting, sniffing petrol, glue, and Janola <laughs> than. And maybe. I also love to eat the red tips off matches. Oh my gosh! What do you like to do? The red tips off matches. Oh my god! Don't do it now. Did it when I was younger. Have fun. <laughs> She's twitching. She's twitching badly. <laughs> but it's interesting, isn't it? This conversation where you can see where how we as as human beings can all of a sudden, and I can see why people get so overwhelmed with information oh or god. knowledge or yeah. lack of knowledge, and you become fearful of living. Do you know, Cindy, you made a really awesome point where you said that she, you know, Anita Morjani talks about not living a fearful life um, and not being concerned about what if. Mm. And I just thought to myself, isn't that a beautiful thing to say, don't live based on what if, live based on what is. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Because what's in front of us in this moment is an opportunity to have fun jumping off a cliff. And what's in front of us in this moment is to enjoy a beautiful soup or to enjoy chia seed, whatever. Mm. Instead of living what if, live with what is. And in the, and I, you know, I'm a huge believer in what the way that we think creates what occurs in the body, which then collectively creates what occurs in the next moment. Mm. You know, I always say that the present is present. So if what we're doing in the moment is worrying about what if then you have to really question what we're presending. Mm. And at the same time, if you, if, you, if you fall in love with what is and you be with what is and you just cool and chilled out with what is, then what you're presending is more of How do you live that with bad news? She talks about this. Mm. And what does she say? She, like, she, um, she basically says that she doesn't get attached to somebody dying. Mm at all because she knows what's on the other side mm. and she knows that she'll see them again and for them it's a blink of an eye to her it might be 40 years but she actually doesn't get attached to and death is the probably one of the, the yeah, hardest things to come to grips with is because for those of us left behind yeah for those that are left behind um but she just said i just don't get attached to the what's what's happening she also says that she's 
you know, even an ant is precious to her. Mm. You know, she's really become amazing. Yeah. It's so funny because I had this, because of her. I just sprayed a whole lot of them. Oh, did you? Be- love. Because of her, there was this tiny little. around drowned in eucalyptus. <laughs> I just feel, I poured eucalyptus all over the ant trail. I think we've got ant. rain coming because there's lots of ants out at the moment. Yeah, the ants are everywhere. Everywhere. They're everywhere. Can we I got tried a to look at them with coming. love, but I just couldn't. Well, she, she has a real hard time with it now, but she's seen the other side and her vision and what she saw. The other thing she said is that not no matter how insignificant you think something is or something has happened as, as far as the, the cliff or, you know, she says without that being there then the tapestry won't be complete so like i just loved her whole analogy Mm. um especially the tapestry and and she could see that she had many lives with danny her um her husband she could see in the past her lives with danny and and that they would continue in the future together um but she said there was a group that always continued and you know this is this is what she saw you know, and, and she wasn't the only one there that had died. Even Alexander was also there. He wrote the book Proof of Heaven, and I bought that as well. Uh, and even Alexander... Did we get a copy of that No, you, I haven't got a copy because I did that electronically because none of their books were available. I had to ring... I think she's making that up. Oh, <laughs> I'm just looking for the glint to see if it's a lie. Uh, it's not a lie. You know, when they look NLP, when they look up... Is it uplift? Uh, uh, so, Rice is recalled left I want you all mm. to listen to this. Mm. This happens to me every time I go buy them something. <laughs> No, I electronically pulled down Proof of Heaven. And, and like, here's a neurosurgeon who lives a very analytical life and, and gets um, bacterial meningitis. Oh, wow. And he's brain dead for seven days. They said if he does come out of this, he, he will never be right. He'll probably be a vegetable. So for seven days, he's dead, basically. Um, his cortex has completely, um, they said it's completely died and there's not much we can do for him. And he wakes up perfectly normal. But what he sees is even um, more profound. You know, he goes really deeply into uh, what he what he sees and who he sees and the colours. And, oh, my gosh, it's, it's amazing, his book. How does this challenge religious beliefs and people who have never been open to this way of thinking? There's too many people that are having these near-death experiences. There's actually a whole website now I found out because what happened with Anita is that she didn't know anyone else had had this experience so she started to look it up and she actually ended up um posting on a near-death experience um website so there's there's lots and lots of information about um people who have have had these and like my uncle talked about his near-death experience you know i had six uncles with hemophilia who were always having blood transfusion and always on the brink of dying and and he said to his mother i he said i heard the conversation that you had with the um, doctor when she said how could you have heard that conversation we had that down the hallway long way from you he said I was right there mum and this was a young boy who said this so it's I, I, I think that people have to really think about what religion was about like look at the Catholic religion Catholic religion up until the 16th century I believe it was actually taught reincarnation Mm. but they don't anymore and i don't know why i have no idea why their teachings have changed so look i i after hearing so many of these and and hearing my uncles talk about it and i actually have no i don't and and what my mum and my sister 
you know, what they create I, all the time. <laughs> I had this conversation with my children the other night because um, they're at a school, um, a Christian-based oh, school, yeah. and and one of the boys at school told Jacob he'll go to hell. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and Jacob's just like, I mean, really? But even the Catholic religion doesn't say there's a hell anymore. I'm pretty oh. sure they don't. Well, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure my dad said to me they're not teaching it anymore. Well, I didn't even know what, I think it was said as a throwaway line as opposed to a literal, but, but it brought up the whole conversation of heaven and hell. And, and I asked them both if they believed in God and they were like, no, no, no. And I said, well, do you believe there's something greater than us? And they both sat there and Taylor goes, listen, I'm a realist. (laughs) I'm all about cause and effect. And I went, right. She goes, well, if you do something, it's going to have, if you cause something to happen, it's going to have this effect. There is no other way of looking at it. And I went, or is that just a humanistic, Kaz's words, humanistic, Newtonian way of looking at it? And, um, and, and it was just a, a, an amazing dance, a conversation around their beliefs. And I wasn't trying to say to them that they were right or wrong. I was just trying to say, you know, sometimes what if there's something bigger than this and mm. how do we know and and whenever I read any of, of a lot of people like Wayne Dyer or, or people like that who who just go who talk a lot about things being beyond even what's humanly possible of thinking or when you go down the quantum physics route or when you look at some of those beautiful what the bleep movies and all of those you just it has me go into a place of actually I know nothing mm. I know nothing but you actually do you actually do know you just have to be professionally reminded. Mm. We talk about that all the time. We all know. But I'm okay with not knowing. Mm. I'm okay with not knowing what happens to me when I die because I'm just trusting that when it happens, it'll happen when it's meant to. I said to the children, I believe I've got a certain number of days on this planet. Mm. Um, I believe I'll go when the time's right, in whatever is seen as right. That's why I'm glad I don't know if it's tomorrow or in 40 years' time or 50 years' time. I think the important thing is, is that we live each day and, and maybe live it like it is our last. You know, what would you do if this was your last day? And and Taylor's going through this at the moment with making massive decisions around school and dancing and things like that. And I said to her, honey, if you had three years left, what would you do? And she goes, I'd dance. And I go, well, dance. Mm. You know, like, I think it's, I think it's, it's it, we are, this is my belief, and I think we've talked about this before, but I think that the day we go is is predetermined. I, I don't. I'm not saying this is right. This is just how I feel at the moment. It's predetermined, therefore. But it's those choices that we make which will determine how we go on that day. It's you know it it might be cancer. It might be a car accident. It might be a drowning or whatever. But the choices that lead up to that day perhaps is what creates that. I don't even know if that's right. I'm just saying that's how I kind of try and look at it mm. without judgment, without mm. thinking that this is the way or that is going to happen. I'd, I'd like to think that our podcast and the three of us allow each other and everyone around us to have a new, different way of looking at things mm. or an open way or a there's no right or wrong. Mm. But to do things like what we were talking about before, to do them fearlessly. You know, so live your life fearlessly, not in fear of death mm-hmm. or what might happen after death. And I was living like that. You know, I was, I remember years and years ago, it was um, maybe 10 years ago, you know, asking my sister, you know, well, what happens when we die? You know, do we just go to the ground? Or And, and she, she was the one who said to me, does it really matter? You won't know if you do go to the ground. And if you don't go to the ground, you'll be rejoicing. So it kind of, I went, you know what, I'm, I'm, 
I'm creating a whole story about something I have no knowledge of. Um, and I was living in fear. And I'm really, like, since listening to Anita, I'm really trying to look at what I do fear and take it away, take the fear away and live thing to do. As, a, uh, as a result of not being in fear but live because this is what I want to do and this is the joy I have with it and not to be, um, you know, too obsessed with things. But, I, you know, like I have knowledge and I know what things do to us but how do you explain a woman who wakes up and five weeks later has no cancer? She's completely free of cancer yet she was almost, well, she was. They said she was on her final hours and she ate ice cream. She ate ice cream. That was what she asked for. When they finally took the tube out and she could eat, she said to her husband, I want that ice cream at that town, that place in Hong Kong somewhere. And he went and got it for her. So you kind of you kind of got a question, don't you? Is it what we believe? Is it what we fear? Is it is it all about the mind? Karen, have you got the ultimate um, secret to that is it? Is it oh, how we control yes. our minds? Yes, I have you all do. the I answers. Knew you would. Yes, I do. <laughs> oh, mighty one, please share. <laughs> but you know, like what I'm talking about is your mind. I'm, I'm food, and and your physical, and and I'm thinking, you know, the three of us are always talking about these three together. But is the ultimate the mind, and and how we we use this tool mm. um, to the betterment of who we really are, and how we perceive food that we consume, and what it does to our body, because. We all know that if you eat this, you get fat, and if you do this, you'll get sick. But not everybody but does get fat. Exactly. And not everybody does get sick. Exactly. So I'm like looking Danny's at Danny's grandmother now. lived her in nearly her 90s, smoked she, and drank all yeah. the time, well, danced we'll on look, tables. Well, take a look at the three of us in terms of how differently we all eat. Mm. Oh, yes. That's just a, that's a classic example of how... Mm. Of how there's another. There's got to be another component. I mean, I because I put so much. I mean, I do a lot of research now on food because of you, Cindy. So I'm totally into it. Like it's all I listen to when I'm running. Um, plus our podcasts, of course. <laughs> um, but there's also for me, you know, there's there's a big component around consciousness, mm. and there's a lot of studies being done around consciousness, and there's a study that um, I'm like right down the rabbit hole with which is transpersonal psychology and that's the psychology of um, awareness and um, consciousness outside of the human body because there has to be external factors that affect where we land on each day the people that occur in our lives each day Mm -hmm. how you find your husband and what a coincidence it was that he just happened to be there on that day Mm -hmm. and how you just happened to get your children. Why didn't you get somebody else's children when you gave birth? What brought your specific kids to you and how come they were the best match for you? Okay, what's this called? Transpersonal psychology. Holy dooly. Yeah. Oh, we're going to learn more about this, I can tell. Oh, it's really... It's, it's, oh, this is it's fascinating. It's really extraordinary. Yeah. It's really extraordinary. So um, what's it saying? It's, it? it's about the psychology beyond the human body. See, we can... We can as, as humans, it's very finite... You know, if you think about us, I'm just referring to fear, and I don't want to get too technical. So, you know, stop me if I get too far. Mm. Um, we always love when you get technical. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> mm. then we've got lots of listeners listening with us asking the same question, so we'll do it on their behalf. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, so there's the finite nature of the human being, um, and the human being is, is from a consciousness and awareness perspective, you know, we're only, we're only accessing between 5 and 10% of our capability and capacity from a mental point of view. But what happens is, you know, we don't utilise the mind, or sorry, we don't utilise the brain 
um, to the extent that the brain has the capacity to. We only utilise the brain to 5 to 10%. How do they know? And for the most, well, it's just measures that have been done over time based on where activities. Um, electrical yeah. activities light up when um, we physically perform acts. So they'll put electrodes into the brain and they'll test what lights up. They can't see what a thought looks like, but they can see an electrical current or an electrical um, storm taking place inside of the brain. And from there they figured that we only use a very finite part of our brain. And for the most part, this is the part that's also incredibly fascinating from a transpersonal psychology perspective, is that our mind and our brain thinks us. Thoughts, yeah, sit with that for a sec. Thoughts just appear in our mind. <laughs> you right, love? <laughs> Eyes have crossed. They've crossed completely. Can you just say that one more time? Yeah. The brain thinks us. So when you think about this, and I'll give you the contrast of that in just a second, but when you think about this for a moment, and now you're about to think the brain, because I'm giving you an instruction to think about something. But unless we've got an instruction to think about something, the brain thinks us. Okay. Ideas, thoughts just arrive in your head, yes or yes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they just pop in. They just get there. Unless you decide today is a strategy day and I have to create a presentation, that's when you'll instruct the brain to think for you. So you use the brain as a tool. So you will will think the brain Mm -hmm. if you direct it. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, we don't direct the brain. The brain thinks us. Yeah, yeah, and and then it goes wild. Totally. Stop it, I know. Oh, my God. I know. You want to try living inside of this. It's just like... (laughs) Did you see the text I sent you? No. You saw it. The text I sent you. I've got a... There's that cartoon. There's that cartoon two stick figures sitting there. No, I just want to say I've bought a new iPhone 5, and it is the pits. (laughs) There's this this image. But Kimmy and I have had ours for years, and we're happy. Well, I just hope (laughs) Apple Mac sends me a new one. Well, you can, but... I sent this picture to you. You have to, you know, you explain it. No, I totally didn't get that. Okay. <laughs> what the hell is that? Oh, just my mind. Yeah. And, and it's a picture of two it's, stick figures, and one of the stick figures has this amazing tornado, tornado coming out of the yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Oh, what's that? It's oh, it's just my mind. It's just my mind. See, so and you think about that. You think about that. And it is spewing. It's spewing all the time. Spewing everywhere. All the time. Like I lay in bed and I go, where did that come from? And this song comes into my voice and, I mean, into my mind. And 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 it's like it feels like hundreds of thoughts within a second. Or what about this? We were at a dinner the other night. There was no alcohol, so it's not like I can even blame (laughs) the alcohol. Um, With champagne. But I'm sitting there and Russ, dear beautiful Russ, comes up with this great name for my new book. And we're like, oh, yeah, that's brilliant, that's brilliant, that's brilliant. Do you think... Either of us can remember the name of that book. <gasps> oh, no, stop it. You'll get it. I know. It'll I'm not worried. I'm not living in fear <laughs> that it won't come back. <laughs> but I was just fascinated that in that moment it was the perfect name. But obviously yeah. it's not because it's gone. But No, well, it probably what happens, just, it's, it's, it's doing its work somewhere else. That's transpersonal psychology because it's come and it's gone. So oh, yeah, yeah. you think about you, where was – so here's another question to, uh, to ponder is before the thought arrived in your head, where was it? I know. It was somewhere before it arrived here. So where was it? Yeah, where so, was it? Yeah, well, this is... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, where? Yeah, where? Okay, so this is, this is what's called the field of pure potentiality, or scientists refer to it as a zero-point field, which is an electrodynamic field that exists around all sentient beings, and it's measurable. 
So um, the Hartmouth Institute is able to measure the uh, electromagnetic field that exists be, uh, that exists from one body and how far that electromagnetic field reaches. So let's say I'm standing here and there's an electromagnetic field that spans five meters around my body. My heart, my body is, is emanating five meters. My heart is emanating 25 meters. So they can measure an electromagnetic field from my heart that goes out 25 meters. Gets a little bit technical now because it's through that mechanism that they've been led to what's called mirror neurons. And mirror neurons, neurons that exist inside of every human being's brain, I don't know if it's in animals, I'm not sure, but it's mirror neurons exist in every, every human being's brain. So if Kim picks up a cup, the mirror neurons in my mind make me feel like I, I'm doing the same thing. So the mirror neurons create like a sympathetic response to other human beings. And we pick up on those, neuro, those, those movements and emotions and feelings and facial expressions through the electro, electromagnetic fields that are intertwining with each other. So if my heart's emanating 25 metres, I can technically feel how another person's feeling that's 25 metres away. And the mirror neurons in my brain start to fire as if I'm feeling the same thing. You know, like if, if, if you see me hurt, Cindy, mm. you hurt too. Mm. And if I see you hurt, oh, I can't bear it. If I, mm. you know, So that, that um, is caused through mirror neurons. Because if you're feeling it, I'm feeling it on your behalf as well. It's not just empathy. So wow. from that perspective, what exists between two human beings is this transactional psychology that has us feel each other, that has us aware of each other. You can close your eyes and you'll feel somebody walk in the room. You know that they're there. And it's an energetic exchange that's actually measurable and scientifically proved. So it's not some hairy armpit, you know, woohoo type thing. It's an actual psychology that exists between each human. So when you think about the finite, the finite nature of the human being, it's only natural that we're going to be fearful. And the number one fear for all human beings, human beings is the fear of death. So we equate everything to dying. Going up in that plane, it's death. You know, the fear yeah, that you're feeling, yeah. I'm going to die. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. And I kept, because I kept yeah. saying, well, what is my fear? Well, I'm at fear of dying. Why else would you be fearful? You think about, I think back to when I was being bullied at school or think about people that you're intimidated by. What's your fear of them? Ultimately, it comes back, well, I'm, they're going to hit me, stab me, and I'm going to die. It all comes back mm. to a fear of death. Everything comes back to a fear of death. And yet, you know, we're only born with two fears, the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Well, isn't that only two we are born But why are we fearful of falling? Um, because I don't know if you've noticed the reflex that a child okay, has. Yeah, we've had this conversation. Yeah, the, the reflex where they pull both hands up, it's to grab onto something because if they are falling as apes, you would grab onto your... And mm. so it was a fear and you just it was just a, this it was reflex. It was an instinct to pull. And the fear of loud noises is that, you know, if there's something around you like a volcano going off or something like that, you need to run or whatever the loud noise is. Or a bomb. Or a bomb, yeah, it could be a bomb, yeah. You, know, <laughs> you can't <run. laughs> So they're the only two fears we're actually... The rest are, you know, we were talking about snakes and spiders before. We're, we actually learn those behaviours. Yeah, we, we actually, invented it. We invent them. And then I almost feel like we love the drama of those fears. 
In our life, well, it's you know, you know what? No, but people I, do. I agree with you. I've, I, I agree with her. I, like, I just find... True. I think it's fun like, when I go, oh, my God. Like, I put a post on Facebook. I was taking a photo of a house. I was with beautiful Nahi down in Brisbane, and there's this gorgeous oh, God, house, and I take beautiful. a photo. Oh, and I get the picture of the house. Oh, beautiful. And then the theme of the day was tiny, because I thought, oh, I'll take a picture of the lovely tiny gate and everything like that. And I take a picture, and then my eyes were drawn into the tiny speck in the middle of the photo. And then I looked... And there was Jurassic Park <laughs> in the top, top left-hand corner. And I created this whole thing around Jurassic Park and spiders. And, and I literally had a little bit of a heart. My heart fluttered a little bit. and Even why? though it was just a picture? Well, no, because I'd seen it just after I'd taken the photo. Now. Oh, just after yeah, I'd taken the photo. Right, right. It's now it's real. Right. Okay. okay. I was thinking, she's scared there's something an hour happened again. Yeah, I know, I know. But, but then I'm thinking, weirdo, weirdo. Where did that fear come from? Well, we made it up. That's, yeah. And so that's the thing. And that's the finite nature of the human being. Because, you know, there's the, there's the argument about the survival instinct as well. So that then, you know, the human being will be in constant pursuit of its own survival. But do we attach fear to that? You know, an ape doesn't necessarily attach fear to that. He'll have an adrenaline rush and he'll reach up, like you said, mm-hmm. he'll reach up to grab onto something. And hang on, then, because he needs to. But yeah. is he not going to jump from tree to tree yeah. <laughs> because he might fall? Yeah. No. You know, he's, he's not going to do that. So he doesn't, hasn't learned the same thing. So there is the finite nature of the human being, but then outside of the human being there's an infinite nature of pure potentiality. Um, which, you know, scientists call the zero-point field. And it's the, they, they refer to the zero-point field as where all things originate and all things return. That's where you talk about yeah, that's the vibration of frequency. We thought that together. With Scientologists. I, I was actually thinking of that. I'm thinking, is that where mm. she says, you know, when you come Explain in and out? Explain that to our beautiful listeners. Yeah, where you come in and out. Yeah, okay. So there's a vibrational frequency that... Um, Wow. <laughs> it's hard without drawing the picture. It is hard without drawing the picture, isn't it? Okay, so the body vibrates at a certain speed, and that's 140 million, uh, let's, say, let's say pulses, every, every uh, second. So it's 140 million pulses a second. Now, each pulse, when we hit the peak of the pulse, or the, the, the crescendo of the pulse, science actually loses us. So when science is measuring our bodies, and they do it using MRIs, the electromagnetic resonance imaging, and that's also how they find cancers in the body because it vibrates at a much slower speed. So if a person has cancer in a certain part of their body, they'll go and get an MRI or they'll get a PET scan, and that'll find that there'll be a solid mass in the body, and it's measured through um, vibrational frequency. So... um, the vibrational frequency, when we hit the peak of that, that, that frequency, when science is measuring the body, it actually loses us because the peak is so far beyond any um, measurement technology that we have that it can't find us. So it says, science says, that when we hit the peak, we've returned to the, the, the zero-point field, which science says is the point of all origination and all return because we always come back and then... You know, we go back there again, and then what we come made back them and we not think that was the peak? How do they know we get lost at that point? Because they do measure it. It's like a wave. So if you remember back to school, and you remember, um, although I don't know that the bell curve this at school. No, not the bell curve. The sound wave. Not the sound wave. Yeah. So the sound wave is an up and a down, mm-hmm. and an up and a down, and an up and a down. That's how frequency is measured as well. Mm-hmm. So each time we actually hit. Um, 
well, it's not the up or the down, actually. It's crossing the line, the, me- the median line. Mm-hmm. Each time we cross the line, that's where science loses us. So without getting too technical about it, good heavens, look at the time already. <laughs> yeah, I've just gone down a total rabbit hole. Listeners, I'm really sorry if I've lost anybody or I've gotten you confused. But no, I, think, I think what we need to um, probably go to from there mm. is that Science doesn't know everything. Oh, mm, that's goodness. the point, this isn't is, it? It's so finite. It is finite. And you, you look at Ibn Alexander, you look at Anita Mojani, <sighs> they, there's a miracle there, and they're just two people. And, and what you're saying, they don't know where we no. go. And I think sometimes we have to realise that there is no exact science in, even in food, in, in so many things. Totally. But let's see the potential of, of what we're learning because we, I love what we're learning in science. I think it's amazing. But don't rely on that to be. It's very Or don't limited. think that it's, it's the be-all be and end-all. Or that it is... Well, the end. Well, because here's the reality. You know, the scientist will say that we are not aware. Now, the scientist will also say that we are not conscious. The scientist will say that we're mechanical creatures in a very mechanistic view. Yet the scientist himself knows that he's aware, but he can't measure it. Therefore, he says, I'm not aware. So just because we don't have the ability to measure something... I see, I see. Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't that hysterical? So just because we don't have the ability to measure it doesn't mean that it's not real Mm -hmm. because we're still very much trapped in what's referred to as the Newtonian science. And we've been Mm -hmm. been following Newtonian science since God was in small pants practically, you know? Like, it's just... (laughs) Well, I think it was 18... No, it was 1500 and something Newtonian. When was Newton? When did the uh, apple, was it the apple that fell on his head? Yeah, oh, something like that. Was that 1500? I love the way you were both looking something at me for like the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really appreciated that. Well, you know, um, even Alexander said a really interesting thing when he was speaking. He said, Who says the mind's in the brain? I oh. totally agree. Who says the mind's in the well, brain? After our conversation, totally what about agree. that podcast you talked about the gut? Well, you cut the you cut the body open. Is there a mind? No. And he says, oh, as a right, neurosurgeon, you know, he realised after he had that near death experience that where is the mind? I totally agree. Yeah. So I totally agree. That's why. Get this. <laughs> get this. That's why. <laughs> Down the rabbit hole. But that's why somebody can get you, you think back like oh gosh I get so excited remember the um, sheep that was cloned Dolly mm-hmm. yes Cute. within seconds somebody in Sweden got the same idea somebody in New Zealand got the same idea and somebody in Germany got the same idea within seconds this idea and it's it's all documented in journals mm. within seconds they all got the same idea at the same time how is it that I can get an idea, and it comes up for me often. I'll get an idea, and it'll be an absolute, absolute cracker, perler, <laughs> magnificent, oh, my God, I am the first to have ever experienced this. I Google it, and there it is. And I think I'm... I'm just going to say something there. What? I'm really glad a number of those ideas and thoughts don't come to my head. <laughs> I would end up in a psychology ward. <laughs> I'm just saying, carry on. <laughs> As you were. 
<laughs> but that means there's got to be a mind bigger than us. There's got to be a mind outside of us that's actually orchestrating this extraordinary symphony that we call life. Otherwise, how did we come together mm. so that we would meet each other? How? Why did I meet you? Why did I meet you? Why did we meet each other? Why does podcast exist? Like, you know, I know. There's this amazing mind, and we outside of when you think the about you when you think about the podcast. I just, sorry, I've got to go. Here. No, go, go. You know, I asked you to. I said, let's let's do a podcast together. You know, I, and I was really excited about it, but we didn't know how to do it, what to do it, anything like and that. And why were we together that day? I don't know. But a week oh. later, I was in Perth. And um, Lawrence Tam caught up with me and said, oh, we, we really want you, Cindy, to do a podcast for the wellness guys. I went, are you serious? And people think that that's freaky. Yeah. What if it's actually not? What if that's happening all the time? What if it's happening all the time and we don't even notice it? That's the other thing. There's signs well, around us and things happening all the time and we just go, oh, well, we, don't even, we don't even hook in. Booyah. That's all I can say to that. <laughs> It's 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 the reality. This is as mind boggling as going. We are on the planet Earth, which is part of a universe, or a galaxy, which is part of a universe, right? And we know how far away this universe is. But then I always say, okay, so what's housing that? And what's my name? Yeah, really? yeah. Who but am I? But, but this is where I go. And then, and and then, then you go the other way. And we know yeah. what an atom looks like. And an atom looks like the universe. I know. So are we just a uh, um, on an atom, and then there's we're on atom in a human, and another human, or oh uh, yeah, exactly. And this is even even took us down this little rabbit hole. He says, "Well, an atom looks like the universe. Why we could be just on an atom somewhere in somebody else's body in would somebody you, else's universe." How would you know? <laughs> how would you know? Well, even Jacob said that to me the other day. He goes, "What makes you think we don't live in a parallel universe?" And someone else is living our exact life. I said, I don't think that, well, Jake, but you've do just you, opened up my whole thought again. Well, do you know that there's so much um, literature about that, that while we're existing in a physical on a physical plane, there's also another version of us existing in a spiritual plane. plane. Um, uh, Esther Hicks talks about that a lot. Well, Anina Morjani, just to add to that, Anina Morjani says there is no time mm. when you die and everything is happening at once at the same time. So your past, present and future is actually all happening together. And that's how she saw it. You know, like we see time linearly. Yeah, it's <laughs> vertical, she's saying. We, yeah. see, we see life so limited. Well, we do, we? we do. We look at it so... And, and, I, and I just think if, if people just... Take her, her heed and realise that we are part of the tapestry and we are important no matter what you think. We are important in that tapestry because without that thread, the tapestry is gone. Mm. And and the fact that we should live fearlessly. But one of the things that I, I really um, didn't get a chance to talk to you about and I really want to talk about is that even Alexander talked about um, waves. Now, you're going to love this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. sound waves. And he said that all the ancient... Um, civilizations that have created, like um, Ezrock, even though um, it wasn't created, but the pyramids or sacred places around the world all have the sound, sound uh, vibration. Yes. And he um, he created this. He and this lady by the name of Karen Newell have created this um, amazing um, meditation on that wave, sound. on that wave with Om. Yeah. And they talked about the significance of Om and Yeah, I was gonna say Om mm. is the um, the universal sound. I can't remember what he said, and I know yeah. you'll, you'll know what it is, but I, I just that that sound yeah. wave is the equivalent to the sound wave of Om. Om. Mm. Mm. 
Okay, it was it was fascinating. Oh. Now, before we do finish up, I just want to remind everybody that we've decided for the month of February, collectively, we're not going to purchase anything, are we? We're mm. going to only do food, fuel. Remember we talked about this? Look, Karen. Yeah, <laughs> Karen. This is the first get time I've heard this. We know. You were the one that suggested you it. You suggested February. <laughs> you were the one that we were talking about not spending something for a whole year. It was the podcast, New Year's Eve podcast. Because we were talking about a couple that had and done And you it. went, well, actually, I'm going to take... And you also said, and for the month of February... Cruelty-free February. Yeah, which you've done January as well, just saying. Um, but February was a no-spend, so I have been spending up a fortune. <laughs> I mean, I and, can, I, and I said I to my husband, I said to my husband, he goes, what have you just bought? I went, honey, I can't spend anything next month, so I'm just getting it all in now. That's oh. not the point. Oh, oh. Well, that <laughs> is not Oh, I must have missed the point. You know what? It'll be really interesting because you don't realise. It's like eating. When you haven't got discipline with eating, you don't realise how many times you open the fridge because I'm back on the protocol again and I'm on it because maybe we can discuss why I'm on it on another podcast. But I And it's not a weight issue. It's more a health issue. So I'm back on the protocol and it's habitual that you open the fridge, grab a date, open this pantry, grab some nuts, open this, do that. And, and what uh, I'm loving about you saying this is it's a constant work in progress. It is. You never get there. No. As in, mm-hmm. I've Absolutely. done the eight weeks, done, over, I can go back to how I was or I can do but what I was can't. doing. It's actually a constant work in progress, Absolutely. which is why we constantly do detoxes or protocols. Or mm-hmm. You never get there. Or each level, I think, takes you to another level, doesn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. It does. So I, I, I'm just going to throw everyone the challenge because okay. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I am actually leaving to go to America on the 26th. Thank God, February's only got 28 days. Or is this a leap year? Oh, that means 29. No. <laughs> is it a no, leap year? No, I think two, we got 28. So um, I am going to America for work on the 26th. But there's no reason I have to spend. Can't wait to see our gift. <laughs> see. I'm going to have to spend, am I? I think so. But I just think let's do this as a challenge for all of us, that we don't purchase clothes or shoes, Karen. Oh, good grief. Okay. Honey, you no handbags, hand Kimmy. I've got enough to last a lot. Okay, good. We're no handbags. But I'm going overseas. I'm going overseas. When? I'm, when? I've got two weeks in February. You can spend money on drinks, food, the essentials. Yeah, the no, essentials. I'm going to Auckland and I'm going But you don't need to buy anything in Auckland. There's nothing there. <laughs> Oh, it's just a tease. She's just a tease. <laughs> so you know when you said the heart radiates out twenty five meters. Well, I don't. Can know, you stab it within two? Yeah, I'm just, I'd say go for it. <laughs> no, there's nothing. For okay, I'm but on. You, like, okay, so I'm if you're on, on board. All right, you're on board. I'm We're doing on board. I will do it because I, I think it would be good to discuss it. What can I have? Food, fuel, yeah, like all your essentials. So if you need shampoo and conditioner, can I then... get my hair done? I've got to get my hair done. It needs a haircut. Well, can you? Do it before February? No, I'm booked in on the. Uh, I don't. I don't think. Honey, I'm just saying you set this. Yeah, you. Oh, I don't even you remember. Who was I? Actually, what we should do. Obviously, on get, another planet, getting yeah, it from somewhere else. Was, that's what it was. I think we might get Luke to insert from that podcast in this moment <laughs> your words. <laughs> and she did because I went, oh, I, you know, I'm going to do a year. And then you said, no, let's just do a month. And you went, I'm going to do it for February. And I went, okay, we're doing it for February. And do you know since and you the minute... said, it's because my birthday. Everyone can buy everything for me. Yes. So Matt could pay for your hairdo. Yeah, right. No, I think, I think hair's... Let's not... I think hair's fine. It's, it's, 
the the, the incessant the, thing yeah. where we're buying furniture or or something for the house or ourselves or our kids or a toy or a, it's that type of thing. But a piece it, of jewelry, yeah, piece of jewelry, perfume, yep. oils, yep, they're all out. Oh, Kimmy, they've got to buy food, so they've got to buy from Changing Habits. <laughs> well, we make oils essential too. We better. They're called essential oils. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> Go with that. But even even oils books, are an essential. Because I'm sure everybody has enough just books order to right read now. for the month. <laughs> if, if, if February goes quiet, I'm holding you account. No. <laughs> yeah, but hang on. People are going to be buying speakers fast track too. Yeah, but that's that's not commercialism. That's not commercialism. Commercialism is when you're buying stuff you don't need. Yeah, okay. Okay? Okay. So, and stuff you don't need. So when you purchase something, you look at it and you go, is this a need or a want? Okay, well, Speakers Fast Track is absolutely a need. Yeah, exactly. And essential oils are a definite need because I need lavender and energy and vitality. You know that. Instant calm. I've got to use them all the time. Listen to us. We're trying to compromise. No, no, no. And I have to tell you guys, (laughs) Epic Entrepreneur, new event coming up in July. Is it February, though? Oh, it's July. It's July. Epic Entrepreneur. Yeah. You guys, you girls are coming. Education is not part of this. Education is not part of this. This is bags, things you you want. So you're talking about like buying no clothes, stationery, stationery. Yeah, because we've probably got enough of it. Watches, computers, iPhones. So if it's someone's birthday, maybe then the challenge is you give them the gift of time, or you make them a cake, or you do something with. Yes. So this is the whole intention behind. What are you trying to say? say You're going to make me a cake for my birthday. You're on the first of March. I'm just saying first of February. Sorry, first of March. I'm saying you're going to miss out. Bummer. (laughs) Oh dear. I actually think that people will find this hard. I know I find it hard. It's a ch- it's good, but, but we also yeah. said that that every one of our New Year's resolutions this year was about doing things that put us out of our comfort zone. Yeah. And this does and, and challenge our way of thinking. One of my things was wear shoes you wouldn't ordinarily wear. But you normally <laughs> can't do that in February. <laughs> well, you can because you may have some in the back that you haven't worn for a while. You can bring them out. So true. There you go. That's so true. But really, we all have so much stuff. I, I think the yeah. whole intention yeah. behind this is around is, is around over commercialism and, and, yes. and over consumption, and yeah. and that's what um, a number of books are out in the market at the moment talking about is this over consumption of, mm. of things. Yeah, and let's make it that if you go to buy something, look at how much the tag is, and then get that money and put it into an account and see how much you can save in a month. Oh, I like the idea of that. That's a demartini strategy. Whenever anybody um, buys you a meal, you look at how much the meal is, you get that money, you put it into an account. Whenever you get 20% off um, something, you look at what that money is, you put it into an account, and that's your investment account. That's how he got his money. He would, he would always buy everything at full price. No matter if someone paid for him or not, it went into that account. Mm. So, you know, if you got, you, you think it's great, oh, my God, I got 50% off that. Okay, yeah. so we flew home business class, four of us. We were upgraded. Oh, you would have been a lot of money. Yeah, you'd be putting aside twenty grand or more yeah. Yeah, from Dubai. Yeah, yeah, no, she says. All right, so February February first. If you're on board, go to the Facebook page and tell us you're on board with us. Absolutely. And you can purchase food. That's fine. It's not about food. Um, if you cannot go to a restaurant, 
Let's try. Let's yeah. just try. Yeah. Let's see if Let's you see can how much you save. Let's and how much you can save. It's actually about thinking too and going back to this vibrational energy and it, maybe there'll be a shift and a change in the way we are with doing this anyway. God, I hope so. I hope so. I remember when I flew in over the top of L.A., I remember oh. seeing so many homes and so much smog, and I thought to myself, you know, the overconsumption in this world is heartbreaking, mm. and I wondered if we would ever rectify that, if we would ever mm. find ourselves again, because I feel like we're lost in overconsumption. Yeah. So it, yeah, I, yeah, it's all coming back we're to ready. me. You ready? It's all ready? coming back to me. Okay. I'm on. So a, we went in a major, oh, big loop on this today. We started out with you listening to Anita Morjani. And around living fearlessly. I think we live out of no fear doing this this month. Mm. We can do it. Mm. We can do it. Well, yeah, there you go. You just connected um, yeah. our podcast beautifully. Because you know what else, love? Oftentimes purchasing and consumption is because of the fear of loss. Get your head around that. Is that why I always go shopping when Danny leaves? It's probably yes. You're an emotional shopper. Mm. Mm. Does that need another podcasting session? This could be really interesting yeah. because I, I'm, I must admit I do like to buy things. Mm. I do, I so do, I. and and it might be a pen. I might yeah. look at a pen and go, oh, I want that pen. So, um, and it's almost like it's a bit of an addiction. Okay, let's, let's then also add to this podcast team, listeners. If you let's list everything you do buy. So for the month of February, have a little notebook and actually write. So supermarket, $400 um, here, did it. So that if you do buy something out of that was perhaps something that you didn't need to buy, at least now you've got it listed and so you can actually see what you're doing because I mm. think sometimes that's just even if you put it into your iPhone. I've got a notes. We've all got note mm. things on our page. I just would be interested because I've got things like dance fees and school fees that come out in February and I'm thinking, well, obviously that has to happen, but can I put things off or can I make it better like can I save on different things or tell Taylor we'll get a new leotard next month and because if I bought it now maybe then in six months I would have had to get another one whereas I've just given myself another month do yeah. you know what I mean like you make yeah. it do yeah. I'm just trying to think of the bigger picture here of how I'm trying to look at this but for me I would I'd be good writing it down because okay. I am someone who you might open the fridge and eat a date I'll go and buy something and forget I bought it mm. well you know even when you get your credit card <laughs> well, sorry Danny Kimmy <laughs> I mean, there's lots of people like that because you get your credit card and you go, what's that? I know, I do. How many people do that? Absolutely. What is that? And I'm not saying I spend truckloads, but sometimes no. it's frivolous and wasteful. Yeah. And it is. And it's pathetic that I do it. And I, I got this from... Um, it feels like you're on a confession. Yeah, it oh, is. my God, I'm so sorry, everybody. All right, February 1st, we start. Yeah, I think that's a really good no idea. No fear. No fear. No fear. We do this February 1st, no spend month. No spend, no fear. Yeah. Fantastic. That was a good podcast. That was a good potty. I love it. So we want to hear from all of you guys. Do exactly as Kim says. Go to Facebook and post your comments at um, allthews.facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and pop in your list. If you need to write lists of things that you spend your money on like Kimmy does, um, make sure that that goes up there and we'll keep a track of all of it. I don't think you have to put it up there. Or you can send us a private message. Yes, you can personally email me, kim28.com. You and I can work together. (laughs) (laughs) Alcoholics Anonymous. Yeah, I was just about to say, Addictions United. (laughs) It will be like AA. It It will will be. be. We might have to do the 12-step program, is it? Yeah. yeah, We're going to have to do the 12-step program. I can feel it coming on already. You've got an epic mindset. I think us epic spenders will have fun. Epic spenders. Mm. I'll give me strength. (laughs) So go to the And live fearlessly. (laughs) Live epically fearlessly. 
So the Facebook page again is all the W's dot Facebook dot com forward slash up for a chat. Or you can also make your comments on all the W's dot the wellness couch forward uh, all the W's dot the wellness couch dot com forward slash up for a chat. And join us here again next week and become part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.